Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is Alex Dolan, the creator of The Patron Saint of Suicides. If you like the show and want to support us, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps others find the show and it makes all of us very happy. So thank you so much for continuing to listen, and back to the show. Audio Media presents The Patron Saint of Suicides Created by Alex Dolan Detective Blossom looks at the phone on the desk between us. You know what that is? I do. It's a disposable phone. It could be anyone's phone. But I know it's mine. The last time I saw it, I was checking into a psychiatric ward in San Francisco. I thought I lost it, which means you stole this from me. You admit that it's yours. Maybe not. Who's to say it's mine? Any of the various voicemails and texts I found on it. He's bluffing. I'm not bluffing. He powers up the phone. I watch as he keys in my password. I recognize the keystrokes. 6546. O-L-I-M. Milo. Backwards. My son's name. My stomach sinks. The detective cues up something and places the phone back on the desk with the speaker on. Haven, it's Clementa. Toro is with us. Things got messy. Call me. I wasn't expecting to see Clementa on the way in. She's been working for me since we opened. Good for her. I'm glad you've stayed close. I'm afraid to speak. I'm so queasy I don't trust myself to open my mouth. That voicemail was logged the same night that Toro Torres was struck and killed by a train in Oakland. There's more on here, too. In particular, a number of voicemails and texts between you, Clementa Ibarra, and Lynn Jackson, the woman that ran your survivors group. Are you still in touch with Lynn? I haven't heard from her in a while. That's a shame. It's illegal for you to have that phone. So you admit it's yours? I've got no rebuttal for this. Honestly, I don't even know if it's illegal for him to have it. The last thing you should be worried about is how I got this phone. You should be worried about what I'm going to do with it. This can't be admissible. And you've had this phone for months, which means you've sat on evidence for almost a year. How are you going to explain that? I don't have to. Maybe I just came across this phone. Maybe someone just mailed it to me anonymously. Maybe I don't even have it. Maybe I send it to a colleague anonymously. And maybe I just record some of the voicemails and make those available to other detectives. 
And just maybe, I send this phone and the password to a reporter and see what they make of it. I'm having an out-of-body experience. I'm outside myself, noticing how foolish I look while the cold sweat gathers around my forehead. I'm watching my life as I know it come to an end. This was always a risk. Last year, when I got together with Clementa and Lynn, I always knew we might get caught. But now that it's happening, I can barely process it. Can you leave Lynn and Clementa out of it? I don't think you're in a position to ask for anything. I've never seen Victor Blossom like this. He's always been the good cop with the kind eyes. Something's changed. Are you here to arrest me, detective? I sound confident. But saying this out loud makes me want to faint. I'm not sure yet. Is there something you want? To start, tell me everything you know about the caller from the other night. That's what you want? To start. I rattle off what I know. Clementa took the call. She sensed things weren't going well, so she called in a welfare check. Is that something that happens often? No, it doesn't. What was it about the call that had her worried? You'd have to ask her. I immediately regret making the suggestion. God knows what would come up if Clementa was questioned by the police. Maybe I will. Listen, I'm trying to work with you here. We don't issue welfare checks often. This was unusual. How long has St. D been operating? I know he knows the answer, but I say it anyway. Eight months. It looks like you've done some good work. You have people on payroll. You even got a community service award from the city of Oakland. It, it's been an auspicious beginning. In that time, how many welfare checks have you called in? None. So it doesn't ever happen? No. Why did this man merit a call then? If you really feel like someone's in danger, you call. It was a judgment call. And I respect Clementa's judgment. Is this the first time you've heard about Sam or walking Sam? Yes. Wait, is that why you're here? I'm frightened by how intensely he's glaring at me. Do you know who Walking Sam is? I remember the graffiti on Wesley's mural. Walking Sam was here. I remember wondering if this was connected to the Sam that Clementa mentioned, but I don't know what to make of it. I have no idea. I just thought Sam was some name. Walking Sam is a legend about a spirit that talks people into killing themselves. Sounds familiar. Would it surprise you to know that the man who died, Luke Paget, had a criminal record? I didn't know anything about him. Luke Paget spent five years in federal prison for fraud. I had no idea. I find it interesting that a convicted con artist could be talked into committing suicide. Before he actually killed himself, he had started cutting. He also drove his car into a CVS. Before Walking Sam got to him, he had never had a history of self-harm. From all the crimes he committed, he had never hurt himself before. Don't you find that interesting? Because I do. He's gotten so worked up, I'm worried he might actually attack me. Whoever talked Luke Paget into killing himself would have had to have remarkable powers of persuasion. Blossom's face is crimson. 
I'm terrified of what he's going to say next. Don't you think it's a big coincidence that a suspicious suicide would have been connected to an organization run by you? It's not a coincidence that someone who's thinking of hurting himself would call a crisis line. This has you written all over it. I don't like what you're implying. How do you know Luke Paget? I never met him. You could show me his photo and I'd have no idea if it was him. Haven Otomo, are you walking Sam? What? Are you walking Sam? Why would you think that? There's some phantom voice in Oakland that's convincing people to kill themselves, and you think I wouldn't connect it with you? Tell me how you're involved in this. I'm not. Tell me, or I swear I'm making everything on this phone public. I swear to God I'm not involved. Who is walking Sam? I don't know. You're an exceptional liar, Haven. Are you fucking lying to me? I swear I don't know. Detective Blossom doesn't speak. He's reading my expression. He's trying to see if I'm lying. I have nothing to do with Luke Paget or walking Sam. Please believe me. He keeps studying my face until he seems to believe me. I'm not walking Sam. God damn it. I believe you. Do you know anyone else who might have something to do with this? I don't think so. I don't even know what this is. Have you heard about the school shooter this week at Chester Arthur High School? Yes. Walking Sam is somehow connected to it. How do you know? The name was carved into the boy's arm. Your caller, Luke Paget, gives us two cases that have been connected to a Sam or walking Sam. I think someone might be out there talking people into killing themselves. Do you think Lynn or Clementa could have anything to do with this? I don't think so, no. How about anyone else from your old survivors group? I don't know. We haven't met as a group since... Well, since Diego died. What about Wesley Pope? Are you still in touch with him? We're living together. Really? Interesting. Do you know about the Walking Sam graffiti that was found on his mural? You know about that? Do you think Wesley could be connected to this? Wesley would never do anything like that. How can you be sure? I remember all of the interrogations from last year. You really like dragging Wesley Pope under suspicion, don't you? Would you rather I dragged you in? I know it wasn't Wesley. When we found the walking Sam graffiti on his mural, he was more surprised to see it than I was. Do you think Wesley would willingly throw some random piece of graffiti all over his mural? He spent months on that project. All the more reason to think he was connected. Wesley isn't involved. How can you be sure? Because I know people. Blossom looks down at the phone between us. Yeah, I used to think I knew people. The detective seems deflated. Maybe it's because he has incriminating information on me, but I'm compelled to help. 
Or at the very least, I'm compelled to keep him talking so he's too distracted to focus on me. Why do you think these crimes are connected? All the victims killed themselves. The shooter didn't. The shooter wasn't a real shooter. He went into that high school with fake guns. He was trying to get killed by the police. And he succeeded. How was the shooter, or whatever he was, connected to Walking Sam? He had a lot of cuts, just like Luke Paget, including a full Walking Sam cut into his arm from his shoulder down to his wrist. Did Luke Paget know the other man? Eric Leichenberg. Other than Walking Sam, there's no connection. As far as we know, they never met. He rubs his temples with his fingers. And the whites of his eyes look pink. He seems exhausted. Great. We've got another one. He swipes the phone off the desk. I should just let him walk out, but I don't. You can't get anything if you don't ask for it, right? Detective? What? Could I keep the phone? He starts to leave without responding. Blackmail isn't a good look on you. And he's gone. The shops along Lake Merritt were shutting down for the night. Police and ambulances had blocked off the intersection around where the accident occurred. As Victor Blossom arrived, he was met by Zoe Gibson. You're already here? When they saw the body, they called me. Is it that obvious? You'll see. They approached several cars that had collided. The front of a sedan had accordioned on impact. A second car, an SUV, resembled a crushed soda can. The third vehicle had been a motorcycle, and those parts scattered across the block. Blossom stepped around an organ license plate that had flown off during the collision. Where are the drivers? The ones who survived are in the ambulance. You talk to any of them? Only one of them, but we're getting statements from everyone. How are they doing? The driver of the sedan is in shock. She just turned 17 and she's still on her parents' insurance policy. She was in the car that ran into the motorcycle, so she saw everything. Blossom looked back at the sedan. Steam rose from the manifold. The hood was dented and the windshield was opaque with cobweb cracks. What do you know? According to the driver and a few witnesses on the sidewalk, the motorcycle raced down here and swerved into the oncoming car. The motorcycle hit the girl head-on. He skidded out just before impact, so the car hit the side of the bike. Otherwise, the motorcycle driver might have sailed through the windshield and killed both of them. <sighs> kind of a miracle the girl survived. They came to the police markers on the road. Tiny white pyramids with bold numbers on them. They had been placed in different locations to mark what was left of the body. It was a man. White male, 26. Were you able to identify him? His wallet was on him, and we ran the license plate of the bike. His name was Kenneth Berger. He lived in the neighborhood. We talked to his wife. He was married. Married. No kids. His wife says he got some text while they were watching TV. He jumped on his bike and drove off. She didn't know why. She didn't know what happened. Was he acting strange before he got the text? 
It was hard to get anything out of her on the phone. She was losing her mind. I sent someone over to take a statement. She couldn't understand why he would do something like this. Blossom looked back at the blood streaks that started at the sedan and ran 30 yards across the asphalt. He tried to find a helmet, but couldn't spot one. He wasn't wearing protective gear. Doesn't look like it. The speed of the impact had pulverized most of the body, leaving clumps of blood and tissue smeared on the street. The leg on the other side of the motorcycle, the one that didn't directly hit the car, is in the best condition. That's what the first responders saw when we got the call. Here it is. They reached a disembodied leg on the road. It looked as if something had eaten a man and discarded a piece. The leg was still partially dressed in jeans. Some of the fabric shredded on the pavement, but most was fused to the skin and saturated with blood. The cuff rose above the ankle, revealing a few inches of skin. <laughs> I can see why they called you. The wife confirmed that the tattoo was new. He got it less than a week ago. A fresh tattoo had been inked just above the ankle. It was a simple outline of a man in black with long arms and legs. Below the tattoo was a name, Walking Sam. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.